0: What's up, wrestling fans? So uh, a fun story. You know, it's great whenever you bring on guests onto the show because they can kind of liven things up. And one thing that I wasn't expecting, you know, we're talking behind the scenes, myself, Mike, our guest, and we're all shooting the shit. We're having a great time. But right as we're going to record, Mike, did you hear something interesting as we were pressing record in the background?
1: Uh, No, but you're going to tell me.
0: I'm going to tell you what I thought I heard, and then you can tell me uh, if you heard differently. I just heard a very different kind of vocal warm-up that I'm not used to by our guest, Danny Limelight Rivera. Danny, maybe people didn't hear it, maybe they don't need to hear it, but what noises were you making before we started?
2: Uh, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: You don't know what I'm talking about. There wasn't like a bird call and like a clearing it's of the throat.
1: That's hood stuff. We mm-hmm,
0: nah, nope, wasn't me. Was okay. that you, Mike? Well,
1: I, yeah, I didn't even hear. hear it. I don't. I didn't hear anything. Didn't I didn't hear wondering. anything at all. Oh. Okay. Rob, at Raph, I, think, I think you hear
0: anything, Brad. Yep, yep, yep.
1: I looked outside real quick though, but that was about it.
0: It yeah. made me think <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> The ghost of Coco where it made their way onto the show. But you know what? Let's get straight to talking <laughs> with our good friend, uh, Danny. Danny, uh, you know, we're so happy that you came on the show. We had Douglas on a few weeks ago. Uh, he was saying very nice things about working with you. And you guys have worked together a couple times. And uh, you just happen to be giving him shit, which I hate to break it to you. It's kind of my job. So when I see you giving shit to him, I'm like, dude. What's this guy doing over here? So is that your normal nature with Doug, that you guys just constantly are giving shit to one another?
2: You know, Doug, man, I love that dude to death. You know, he's a, he's been a little rival of mine. So, yeah, you know, like there's times where I'm like, you know what? I got nothing better to do. Let me go mess around with Doug. And I'm pretty sure Doug wakes up, looks at his alarm clock, and he's like, you know what? I ain't doing shit either right now. Let me go fuck around with Danny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like a... Yeah, you know, I, it's, it's a little childish to relate it to this, but you know, you you think of Pokemon Ash and Gary, you know how they had that little love hate relationship where it was always one of them trying to one up the other. <laughs> that, 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 that's really all it is with me and Doug, just one of us trying to one up each other, here there, whatever the case may be. And So yeah, it, I mean, I think I do a better job than you do at it, rap.
0: I'm not so sure about that, but let the record show that this is the first Pokemon reference on our wrestling podcast. I don't know that it'll ever be our last, but...
1: Yeah, you just put yourself over in my book. Just I, I'm fucking over that. right now. I'm the yeah.
0: first ever to do something on one of your podcasts. You must not be having the right guys on your show. Oh, man. All right, Danny, I feel like we're going to get through a lot of this like this, but obviously, you know, if you're good people with Doug, you're good with us. So we love hearing yep. a little bit about uh, your background, and I always want to know this because uh, you yourself, you're now a champion, and, and what is your championship?
2: I am the extreme risk taker XRT division champion for find the city wrestling in San Diego. The promoter is Gus Parsons.
0: Okay. So obviously you know what it's like to be around. You've paid some of your dues so far championship going very nicely for you. But when did you know that you wanted to be in the business and at what point can you pinpoint that in your life?
2: Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys, you know, Growing up, I watched wrestling like most kids. Um, I used to do this, the trash in my house, you know, jump around the couch to my grandma's crib with my, my sister and my brother, you know, and I'd pick them up and slam them around. And, and uh, you know, I used to I used to do little little backyard stuff. You know, I, there's actually some videos out there which I would never post or never bring up to, to life, but I, I, I always loved it. But it was like, it's like, you know, it's one of those things where you know you want to do it, you just have no clue how to get into it. And, you know, growing up back then, you know, the internet wasn't, you know, as big as it is now. We just go to Google and type, you know, wrestling schools and a bunch of things would pop up. So I didn't know how to get into it back then. On top of that, I thought I was way too small. You know, I didn't look like The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I was just like, there's no way I can do this. It was just like acting. I always wanted to be an actor and I didn't know how to get into Hollywood, you know, especially coming from New York City. And so i didn't even know what indie wrestling was all i knew was wwe and wcw and then you know somewhere on the lines tna came out and so that's all i knew i was actually living in japan for two years didn't even know there was such thing as new japan pro wrestling and it wasn't until i came to california in 2012 where i was out here for two years before i even accidentally ran into a wrestling school and so you know it came out random as hell um and as soon as I seen the opportunity, I was like, you know what? I'm very competitive. I'm very, you know, I'm very one of those guys where I feel like if I try something, I know I can be good at it. And so I just, I just hopped right in. And I, I don't know if you're going to ask another question about how I got into it, but I can answer that now, or I can wait for you to ask you a
0: a million-dollar question. <laughs> wow. I like that you're turning our podcast into a game show. How about I go with this? Wow. You said the word accidentally stumbled upon yeah. a wrestling school. Yep. Okay. I need more information on the definition of accidentally in that context.
2: Okay. Um, so I was walking through Target. You know, it was me, my wife, and my daughter. And uh, i seen the Rocks DVD, you know, this before I even knew what the WWE Network was. I hadn't watched wrestling in like five years because I was, you know, I had joined the Marine Corps and stuff like that. And I've been, you know, I was all over the world. And so I, yeah, I fell off of wrestling and I was just walking to Target and I seen they had the rocks DVD for nine ninety nine And I was like, you know what? The rock was my favorite wrestler growing up. I bought the rock DVD. I put the DVD into the PlayStation and I sat there and I was watching all the old school matches with my wife and my daughter. She was just like, she was at the time she was about five months old. She was just locked on the TV. Like she wasn't moving. She wasn't crying. She was just staring at the TV. And so I was like, man, she really likes this trash. And so, uh, I freaking you know I went online. I looked up to see if there was any WWE upcoming events, and uh, I seen that WWE was coming to a house show right before uh, uh before SummerSlam in 2014. So they had they, they were doing a little tour right here before they went to the East Coast. So I believe I don't actually know SummerSlam. What was SummerSlam 2014 at?
1: Yeah, I think it was at Staples.
0: Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was at Staples. Center, so they were doing the. Little Did little we go to that Ralph? They, uh, That's right. We were there. Yep.
1: Were we there there? Yep. Was that 13?
0: Uh, I think. Well, I yeah, had run 14, where I went there for five years. So yeah. So yeah, yeah.
1: Somebody was there.
2: Yeah, they were doing a little tour before SummerSlam, and so I had I bought tickets to the house show. It was at the Valley View Casino, and I got there and I ran into one of my Marines, and so uh, so just a little off topic. I'm I'm a sergeant in the Marine Corps right now, and one of my Marines, he was you know he was at the, the Valley View Casino. I seen him, and I was like, I was like, damn, Bell dog, dog, what's up, man? How you been? Blah blah blah. We start shooting the shit. I was like, I didn't know you like wrestling. He was, you know, saying, I didn't know you like wrestling. You know, I was like, yeah, dude, man. I, you know, I watched it. You know, I'm just trying to do something different for once for a little date night. So we came to watch a wrestling show. And he was like, yeah, dude, I'm training to be a wrestler. And at first, I was like, okay, dog. Like, yeah, sure. Whatever you say, man. You know, and we, you know, we joked about it. He's like, no, seriously, dog. You know, I'm, I just started training. And, you know, you should come check it out if you want. And I was like, dog, like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I know what your job is for real. You know what my job is for real. Like, there's no time for any of that trash. And he's like, dog, I'm telling you, I'm really trying to be a wrestler. They have shows all the time, you know, once a month, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, Just give me the address, and, I, and, I, and I'll show up, you know? And so I ended up showing up, and no shit. I walked into SoCal Pro's training facility, and there was no shit kids in there, dudes in there, grown men in there, and girls training to be pro wrestlers. And I was like, man, I could do
1: this. And, and so, I never looked back. Yeah. It's always the tagline of you want in life, and then I never looked back, and there it was, and here you are. It's yeah. such, a, such a good journey just to accidentally find your passion. Let me ask you something on that, that story, too. You don't talk about yeah. that in the military, huh? Wrestling doesn't get talked about. If you would have brought that up while you were in the service, would that have been frowned upon heavily?
2: No, I mean, honestly, it, it's funny how people say wrestling doesn't get talked about a lot, but if you, if you really think about it, around that time frame that's when Randy Orton's RKO were going viral. Like, everybody was Photoshopping Randy Orton, RKOing, all these people falling off bikes. You know, they were doing the Stone Cold, the Shawn Michaels kicks, And so, like, wrestling was kind of becoming cool again in a way, but, like, in a more of a humorous way, like, more like a a joke. People were, like, Photoshopping all your favorite wrestlers doing stuff, or they were, like, you know, there was those videos of people, like, dancing in a nightclub, and they had Jim Ross's voice voicing (laughs) over it. And so people were, you know, like they would tag, they will tag you in wrestling stuff, and, like, and you're like, oh, yeah, dude, everybody from my childhood, you know, blah, 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 or they, or they would do the memes, like, how you walk into work on a Monday, and it's stone cold jumping in the ring, giving everybody the stunner, so, I mean, I don't think it will be fun to find, and honestly, like, to be completely honest, like, my, the Marines, the Marines know, you know, that I'm doing this, you know, I mean, it's completely, I don't associate it together, I don't put it together, I don't, you know, go around and, portray a marine as any of my characters i don't do anything like that you know because that could be frowned upon but like my first like total example my the last show i was at when i defended my championship my first Hardy came out you know and i've known this guy for about five years actually seven years now he was one of my trainers and he came out to show love because he's a wrestling fan Mm -hmm. you know and so he found out i was doing it through facebook he's like i want to come watch one of your matches he came out and you know so I don't think it's it's not fun. I mean, at first when I first started doing it, people were laughing about it, you know, like yeah, right, a dude, a dude, a wrestler, like come on, dude, like that shit is you know that shit is not you know cool, blah blah blah. But then two years later, I'm still doing it. I'm on TV. I'm a champion. I'm all over the West Coast now, traveling state to state wrestling every weekend almost now. And now they're like, oh shit, this dude was real about it. And now they come to the shows. Now they buy shirts. They buy merchandise. They show support, and it's awesome, you know.
0: That's really cool. And I have to say, maybe it's not something you think about. Yeah, maybe you can't do it in character when you are going through. But there's no better way to really work and learn a very quick way to get over with a crowd than to be as succinct and to the point as you need to be when you are with those folks. So uh, that's a good place to hone your skills, one might say. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I agree with you. If you're doing yeah. that, you're you're making your way. And then you've also got this in your background, which is unique because um, I'm a mixed martial arts guy. You know, I, I practice jiu There's a lot of, uh, I think, crossover that we like to talk about happening. For you, you've also got an interesting background in that you're a martial arts instructor. You're a black belt. And then you also have an experience uh, doing a whole series of, of boxing. Where did that come from? And... Uh, where did that interest really uh, start to develop?
2: Okay, so like in New York, so like I know all over the United States, like people play soccer, lacrosse, football, all these sports, stuff like that. But like in New York, like the big thing in New York is baseball, basketball, and football. Yeah, there's soccer teams. Yeah, there's track. There's all those other extracurricular sports. But the big three are boxing, football, and baseball. And outside of that, MMA wasn't big when I was growing up. It was boxing. Mm. And so... My dad, you know, he was crazy with the hands, and he he wanted me to do the boxing thing. I never did any martial arts growing up at all, no karate, none of that crap. because honestly, you know, to me, it was always, you know, you stand up, you know, you throw the hands, that's it. My dad got me into Gleason's Gym. It's a boxing gym in New York City, one of the most famous boxing gyms out there, and I boxed for three years. And so I did that, you know, growing up, I was around from from, uh, junior high school into high school. But outside of that, I was playing baseball and basketball, and I kind of fell out of love with boxing because it was one of those things where you had to do it all the time, nonstop, don't stop training. Mm. And, and it kind of came to the point where it was more like a job and not more, no, not anymore doing it like I loved it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That my dad was working my ass, and the coaches in the, in the gym was working my ass, and I'm just like, you know what, man? You know, I, I kind of want to go play basketball today. I don't want to go to the gym. You know, I kind of want to go do this. I kind of want to go, you know, party, you know, and go bullshit with my homegirls and my homies than to go sit at the sweat box and just, you know, run box girls, run footwork, do all that trash, you know? And so I did the boxing thing, and then it wasn't until I joined the Marine Corps in 2009 where I started doing martial arts, because the Marine Corps, they have a martial arts program. It's called the Marine Corps Martial Arts Program, and there's a uh, tan, gray, green, brown, and black, five belt levels. Mm-hmm. And then after those, five lo- uh, you know, after those five belt levels, there's, there's courses that you can go become a, a trainer, an instructor. And so I started doing a Marine Corps martial arts program, you know, and I just I just, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the, you know, the close quarters of combat because that's pretty much all it was. Honestly, if you had to use martial arts in war, you know, you fucked up somewhere along the line. But it's in case you get into those situations where, you know, boom, you, you know, you breach right, boom, somebody jumps at you, now you got to defend yourself. You know what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely.
2: And so I fell in love with the martial arts program. I became a black belt. I went through the MAI course. I became a martial arts instructor in 2014. I became a martial arts instructor. So I've been instructing about two years now. I've, I've trained over 400 Marines in the Marine Corps martial arts program through all belt levels, and and I love it. And so and now like you know I have the boxing, I have the Marine Corps martial arts, and, and i have wrestling now, doing pro wrestling, and I try to incorporate that as much. as possible.
0: You do, and you have a really nice uh, 450 splash into a scarf hold kind of armbar. That uh, is very unique. I don't see a lot of people doing that. So uh, I definitely think if people haven't seen that, they should look up your stuff on Instagram uh, to see that particular move. But I think the interesting thing is, you know, now that they've given you this nice technical responsibility of uh, being a martial arts instructor, at any time, does it slip in that you're like, hey, by the way, this is an atomic drop just in case you guys get put in a headlock? Just it's really helpful. Right. Uh (laughs)
2: Um, so, here. Okay, so here's my problem with that. Yeah, what's that? I hate, I hate when I see wrestlers throw other wrestlers in submission moves, right? Okay. And then the the, the guys don't tap. Yeah. Yet they put them in a arm. They put in an arm bar, and then their arm bar is so weak that the guy gets out of it. Or they put them in a triangle choke, and it doesn't. You know, the guy lifts them up and power bombs them, or gets out of it somehow. They keep fighting. If I'm applying a submission hold, I'm not. I'm not throwing you in a sharpshooter. shooter. I'm not throwing you in the figure four leg lock. I'm putting you in a bent arm off from the scarf hold. I'm putting you in a kimura. I'm putting you in a omoplats. I'm putting you in a submission hold that I've done over and over again, time and time again, that I've mastered, so that way when I lock the shit in, you're gonna tap out.
0: But that's now. Like the DDT was deadly in the '80s. At some point, yeah, everything yeah. just evolved. I mean, that's, that's, that's the unfortunate evolved. part about it. So like,
2: and, and, and that goes with evolution. I'm, I'm not one of those guys that's going to beat the, oh, I hate all this stuff now because it's evolving. I, and yeah. I, love, I love to do stuff, you know? But I myself am not going to apply a submission unless I know it's the perfect time to end the
0: match. Good to know. Uh, I just find that the, the one thing I will say that does mirror nicely is if you do get used to grappling, uh, you do get used to the idea that plan A doesn't necessarily work. Plan B may not work. You need to have a plan E, F, G... So that you're always all the way, transitioning. way to feet, baby. Exactly, man. So, in that respect, that is the one leeway I kind of do give. Uh, but, like, if I see somebody using a figure four, I'm thinking, like, well, we've got another five, ten minutes of this match. So, uh, right, exactly. But that's but just becoming it's the convenience. If like
2: somebody in a bent armbar, they know it, it's the match, gonna, the match is over.
1: We were talking before in. And- Danny Lamblight's a boxer, too, so how hard is it to not really punch somebody? I mean, that's got to come into play when you're juggling all the submission and the grappling. I mean, do you forget sometimes?
2: Uh, I mean, I throw I throw my punches. You know, I like to let them in there. I like to put them in there. Um, guys give them back. Some guys can take punches better than others. Um, some guys can't take punches at all, you know. And and some guys forget that, you know, sometimes you run your mouth too much. You catch an action to the mouth. You got a glass jaw. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, you know, you didn't see that coming, and, 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 you know, you got what you deserve properly.
0: Okay, and you don't have to name names because I would never so, do that to you. But have you encountered wrestlers who have what one might call the Shane McMahon style of punching? What, what What's the Shane McMahon style of punching? Uh, Elaborate. Well, I, I thought you were a boxer. I thought you might observe this. But you've seen Shane McMahon matches, yes? Yes. Okay. Take, for instance, his recent match with he's the other
2: team. talking about the broken wrist, fist now all the way closed punch. hmm Okay. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of wrestlers that throw punches like that.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm just wondering, oh, you know, pull- based on your encounter, and then when you do get that, have you ever had somebody just get actually surprised? Like, have you seen somebody really surprised at throwing, like, a stiff punch where they looked at you like, bruh?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, and, and that came with adjusting to everything. You know, I hit somebody, and, you know, they're looking at me like, dude, lighten up, and, they, you know, they hit me back, lighten up. And then you got those guys that they they can get hit, and they're like, oh, shit, you know, what do I do? And they try to throw one back, but they, they've they never thrown, you know, they never thrown a punch outside a wrestling ring, and now, you know, their punches have no effect. And so I, I think that – the world's evolving. People are getting smarter. Fans are getting smarter. They see what you're doing in there. And if you're throwing a punch with an open hand or a broken wrist, and you just you know you're tapping the guy, the fans are gonna see that shit, man, and they're gonna call you out on it. So if you close your hand and you throw the punch, you lay one in there, and the guy gives it back to you, then that's perfect. I'll like give you an example. Douglas James, him and I, we get in there, we throw four arms, we throw punches, and we hit each other, and we like the way it feels, and it, it brings more to the match. I, you know, I another another one, better B Boy. He throws his shit. He lays his shit in there, and it feels good. And it, you know, and you know what? I give you one back, baby, and we just keep going. It works better that way. And then there's those guys who, you know what? You know what, dog? You you don't you, your punches are soft, man. You know, throw a kick, throw a kick or something. And then you got I, guys that don't know how to throw a kick, but that's a whole other subject.
1: How do you fix that mid match? I mean, that's something people don't really think about. Do you have to start almost egging them on personally, or do you just try to maybe I mean, coach them so through I it? I hit
2: him. I hit him. I hit him. So I hit me back. Hit me back. Hit me back. Um, this past weekend, I was wrestling in Arizona. There's one that couldn't throw a punch for shit. And, you know, I, I just didn't, I didn't, he hit me weak as hell, and I just kept going. Like, it didn't even hurt. Because you know what? If I'm in a real fight, which wrestling should be a real fight, and somebody punches me in the face and the, it don't hurt, I'm not going to, oh, my mouth hurts. And I'm going to hit you right back, and I'm going to keep throwing my punches. because I want to beat you. So if somebody's hitting me, and they hit me soft, then I'm going to keep hitting them back. And then I'm not going to give them nothing. I
0: like that. I like that balance. you're describing it in trying to have it as the most closest to a realistic form. I know that we talked maybe that you were making that transition of you wanted to do professional wrestling a little bit later. But who are those workers that you see that you kind of feel emulate that vibe or that style? Which one? The good style or the bad style? Let's say the good style because we want you to continue getting work. Okay.
2: Um, I think Benning is awesome. You know, he he had that strong style. Douglas hits good. You got guys like Big Duke that laid in there. You know, all the Vernon guys hit hard. Um, you know, Timothy Thatcher, those guys. They, those You know, even my partner Seville, he lays those dumb in. There's a lot of guys out there that I've wrestled that I'll wrestle over and over, and they throw punches hard. They hit hard. Everything they do hurts. And, it you know, it fires me up and makes me want to hit them back. just as hard. That's
1: something Doug brought up was – the the crowd's not going to buy it if it doesn't look believable, especially with the crossover. Exactly. Like you said, why would I put a a finishing move if I don't think I'm really going to be able to sell it in mid match when you just got to reserve it for the end? That's what people want. That's how big fights end. So with that kind of smart mentality, I mean, you got to put it together accordingly. It's, it's like the same
2: people who they use their finisher as falsies, then it's no longer your finisher, dog. If your finisher is, you know. The, the 450 splash when i hit the 450 splash you're not getting back up unless i'm transitioning into something else if i curve stomp you you're not getting back up
1: how hard I, is I it am- to juggle but we live in I, we live in the the false finish society we live in all the fake you know
0: well i mean quick- don't th- just think about that mike think about if it's a pay-per-view we gotta have three false finishes.
1: That's what it's based on, though. On all that's that. what, that's what, what was great about Nakamura and Sami Zayn. They kept kicking out.
0: Okay, we talk about pay reviews.
2: Here's my problem: Roman Reigns went to Spear, Seth Rollins. He counters the Spears into a beautiful Pedigree, and Roman Reigns kicks out of the Pedigree, and then he picks him up and Pedigree, him again, one, two, three. Why couldn't the first Pedigree in the match out of the Spear counter? If that was the case, he should have Pedigreed him the first time. That should have been the fallacy. And then when he counted the spear into the pedigree, it should have ended. If it's a big pay-per-view match and there was build-up, then fine. You guys have been fighting each other for a while. Me and Doug <laughs> fought for almost a year. Me and Doug
0: fought for almost a year.
2: After a while, I took the pizza cutter a couple of times. I, d- I developed that pain tolerance where I could kick out at two, barely.
0: I enjoy this because, I guess in retrospect, I really just want a picture-in-picture of you watching that match. Getting up in arms as the pedigree's happening, and after the kickout happens, because I seriously. feel like that's yes. thing. It's why isn't that right. why isn't that it? No, I'm a huge
2: look, I'm a huge Seth Rollins fan. Seth Rollins, I'm a huge Seth Rollins fan. And when, when he, he when Roman Reigns kicked out of the pedigree, I was so fucking mad. I was like, seriously, dude.
1: But the WWE show, they no, need to the drive that story, po- that story point home that he had enough of it. He had to pick him up, and he drove it home. Like, enough, I'm this is my belt. They love those story points. Even if it's for five seconds, they just need to drive their story into that match. And I think that's all that was, which is making, you know, workers furious, apparently.
2: Yeah, I mean, it depends. It also depends on the match. Okay, but check this out. What if you're not in a pay-per-view match, and you go to one of these indie shows, and the first open is throwing three super kicks? And it's not ending the match. But me, I like to throw a super kick out of a backflip that sets up the finish. If but you're on the I'm card, if whatever.
1: you're on the card and somebody does a four fifty splash in the opener, how upset are you?
2: I, I'm upset. I'm upset, and, and especially if the four fifty doesn't look as good as mine. <laughs> Even more mad if the four fifty doesn't finish the match. Because now the fans in the back, they see me do my 450, and it's just like, well, that guy kicked out of the 450. Why is this guy who's bigger than that guy not kicking out of the 450 from a smaller guy?
0: Yeah, this is 100% a missed opportunity. We just need to get you watching matches in a picture-in-picture box as it's going on, because I feel the level (laughs) of work rate that's happening as as you're watching it under your eyes has to be a very intense process. It
2: is. And now I watch wrestling – I watch it now. I, I try to watch it as a fan, but I'm also watching it as would I have done that, and that's something that I would have used, or would I have done it differently? And that's just something that other veterans have passed to me. Because when I first started wrestling, I would watch wrestling again, and I'll be talking about it over Facebook. I'll post, like, a live feed. of, Oh, shit, this match was dope. This match wasn't dope. Mm-hmm. I hated this. I didn't like that. Why he didn't do this? And then, you know, some of the veterans pulled me aside, and they were like, hey, you know, you shouldn't be, you no know talking about it like that, you should just be watching it and thinking how you can make it better for yourself in the real match that you're going to be in or how you would have done it differently. And so now, like, you know, having those guys like, you know, Yuma, Duke, Suede, you know, uh, SoCal Crazy, B-Boy, those guys that, are, that have been around for a while and they're telling you, you know, maybe you should try this instead or look at it this way, that's what helps. That's what helped me kind of pretty much, you know, go about looking at matches and you know, watching wrestling in a different way.
0: That's good. And you know what, let's start talking a little bit more about your matches because – um, you know, let's say people don't know you. Let's say people are just discovering you. Uh, what's What are, like, three matches that they should immediately be watching of yours that you feel give a good sense as uh, to what it is you bring to the ring?
2: Okay, they can go watch Danny Limelight versus Douglas James in a 2 out of 3 falls match for the XRT Championship at FCW's um, Underground Conflict Show. It's on YouTube. It's Danny Lonelight versus Douglas James, 2 out of 3 falls, XRT. Um, they can watch Danny Limelight versus Dickie Mayer from Pac-3 at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. That was a good one-on-one match. Um, they can watch Danny, uh, Los Primos Rivera, Danny and Gino versus The Classic Connection on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And they could even have watched my more recent match with Corey Jackson in the XRT Division Championship match. Danny Limelight versus Corey Jackson. There's a lot of matches. You go to YouTube, I have a bunch. Of, I have a lot of old stuff on there where I go back now and be like, man, I should probably delete this video. You know? <laughs> But you know, I have a lot of more recent stuff because I, I honestly, man, rap, Mike, I, I've been, I've been wrestling every weekend for like the past few months, like, and it feels awesome, you know. And I've been having really good, consistent, good matches. I actually, actually, a more recent one would be Los Primo Rivera against Vermin to qualify for the Red Carpet Rumble match.
1: Mm. Yeah, I was gonna ask you earlier, when do you rest?
2: <laughs> when do I rest? I don't, you know, let me tell you something, man. You know, aside from aside from the Marine Corps, aside from being a dad, I am a youth sports coach. I coach basketball, baseball, you know, and then I wrestle. And on my spare time, whenever I have time left over from that, I dress up as Spider-Man and I go volunteer at children's hospitals or I do, you know, I do Spider-Man gigs at birthday parties or I just walk around the street fairs and take pictures with people for fun. So I, I don't really, you know, I sleep at night, you know, like a couple mm-hmm. hours in, whatever. But... I don't I, man. I think when I die, it's eighty six thousand four hundred seconds in a day. So you get eighty six thousand four hundred seconds a day. You never know when you know it's your last day, so I try to make
1: the most out of it. So you've spawned two thoughts in my head as far as what you just said. First one is, thanks for making me feel like a huge piece of crap for not utilizing my day properly. Second, <laughs> so you're in the suit, you're Spider Man, and we're booking you in a match. Who's your dream? Opponent on that on that uh universe,
2: like me, but that Spider-Man who do I want to wrestle? Yeah,
1: who who's uh, yeah, is it a Spidey villain? Are you are you fighting Iron Man? I mean,
2: um, I would like to wrestle. Mm-mm. I would like to wrestle Brian Cage as Venom.
0: <laughs> That's pretty wow. cool.
1: Yeah, with a carnage, with a carnage run, with a carnage run in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So I have to ask this. Why Spider-Man? There's a million characters out there. What is it uh, with him that you identify with?
2: Okay, so um, my three favorite superheroes are Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Iron Man. Oh, all three very different. Mm. Um, the only difference is with Spider-Man, you know, he's a kid from New York. Um, he, he, I was never a nerd in school, you know, there's nothing wrong with nerds. But I, I felt like I was very smart. You know, I'm very book smart. I'm also very street smart. Spider-Man, he's one of those guys, you know, Peter Parker, man. He he had hot chicks. You know, they could say whatever they wanted about him being a nerd. He had Mary Jane. He had Glenn, He had hot girls all over the place. Um, But but it was something about feeling like he had to do something with the power, with the responsibility. You know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? I think that's what it is with me. Because Tony Stark, he's a billionaire, playboy philanthropist. Right? He gets all the girls. He got the flashy cars. I'm not Rick's. You know, I, I'm a family guy now, so I don't have you know all these kids chasing me around like Tony Stark. Wolverine is more of a badass, you know, older dude. You know, it, it was just it was just the feeling that that I felt like you know when I joined the Marine Corps. You know, mm-hmm. um, that was my, I felt like that was my responsibility. You know, 9/11 happened in my home in New York City. You know what I'm saying? The war we're fighting now happened in my home. This is me defending my home. You know what I'm saying? So. Spider-Man has just been my favorite character from the comic books. You know, he's a leader. He's a natural born leader. And he's not the biggest guy around. You know what I'm saying? He has the most heart. He's smart. He can lead from the front. And that's why I love Spider-Man. And, and another thing was, you know, my, uh, this, is, this is a little more personal, my godson, you know, he, he passed away last year. He was seven months old. He died of sick. But I remember uh, before, he you know, he was at my, he was at my house the week, before, two weeks before he passed away, he was at my house. And I bought him a Captain America action figure, right? He was a little kid, you know, I just bought him a little action figure to be his first action figure, and he did not like it at all. He was not impressed mm-hmm. at all. Like, he just did not want to see Captain America. But I had a Spider-Man action figure, and I, I I gave it to him, and he grabbed it, you know? So then the week before he passed away, he came over, it was actually, uh he was watching the WWE pay-per-view in my house, and he was sitting there with the action figure. And so when he passed away, you know, he was, you know, he died of six, seven months, uh, he, was, he was young, you know, and I just, I, I don't know, I just, I, I made my own Spider-Man suit, and I was like, I'm going to wear this suit for him, you know, and this, this, uh, this month, actually, June, uh, he, he just, was his one year anniversary of his passing, you know, and I dressed up as Spider-Man, and I went to go visit him at his grave as Spider-Man, and I just, it just felt right, you know, like, and, like, you know, the only thing stopping me from actually going out there and doing what Spider-Man does is I haven't been fit by a radioactive Spider, you know, but it just felt right. And then I just got this brand-new suit made, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go volunteer at Children's Hospitals. I'm going to go around, and I'm going to give back to the community. Even if it's just, you know, for fun or if they want to bring me to the kids' birthday party, cool. But I'm going to do it because Spider-Man's the man, and, 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 you know, seeing those, like, the kids and stuff like that, they get all excited when they see me walking around the street. They want to take pictures and they high-five. They want to see me do flips. It feels good, you know, and that's something my my daughter didn't look up to. You know, she my daughter now associates Spider Man with me. She
0: mm-hmm. sees
2: Spider Man, his Daddy. You know, so I think I think that's pretty awesome. You
0: know, it's also probably smarter. I guess financially, and by the way, that's a great story. And uh, I'm very sorry for the passing, but I think it's a it's a good steed to be taking up and and doing that. And it seems like you're doing them very proud. But in terms of like going around with kids, you know, if you're not Iron Man, it's not like they're going to be asking you for money. So. Probably the smarter <laughs> of the two choices to go with, and if I don't think Wolverine should be around kids, so yeah,
2: exactly. You know, like it was funny because uh, I had put the suit on about two weeks ago, and I went to go to the street fair, and it was these little high school kids. They were like, "I bet you can't even do flips," like you know, like kids talk trash, you know. I was I was doing way worse than they were when I was in high school, but so I looked at them, and I was like, you know, all right, I did the flip, and then they were like, "Oh, can you do it again? Can you do it again?" And they were also picking their phones out. And at that point, I wanted to just walk away and be like, nah, you're not going to, you know, I'm not letting your question, if you think I couldn't do it, you know? But then I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's some heel shit Wolverine would have did. He would have just been yeah. like, nope. You know, but I'm Spider-Man, so I'm a face, so I have to sit there and do the flip again for the kids, you know? And so It's funny you brought that up, like.
0: <laughs> I just love that you're like, right underneath the mask, and you're like, I think I heard Spider-Man say, meet me in back. Uh Got really weird. He said, "I'm gonna throw hands with you if you want to." I don't know. He had a weird New York <laughs> accent. He sounds. And I don't. You know. Excuse the uh, phrasing on this. What's the ethnicity here?
1: Mickey Mouse is uh, Mexican. Uh, what, 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 Mexican.
0: You're Puerto Rican. How did I guess from the boxing and the football and the basketball? Well, I don't play football. I play basketball and baseball. But, oh, baseball. Oh, oh. oh <laughs> I was wrong. I was trying to make you what less. You're, Puerto-
1: not Mexi- you're not Mexican. You're not
0: Mexican. Right? Less Puerto Rican. Mm. Well, you know what? I guess that's what we would call a direct hit in the uh the business in terms of uh making <laughs> yourself through this the full stereotype, but the boxing was one hundred percent on. Uh let's talk I, about just, this. Oh, <laughs> let's talk you about this, what? dude. Um you are the um let me see here if I have this right. You are the T R T champion and XRT. what's that? X R T champion. T R T. Got it. So X, X. T R T C I'm hearing it right and then I'm saying it right. X R T. T R X, got it. All right. So All right. you're that kind of championship, so- but talk to me a little bit about this. So you you know, you're making your waves, you're doing really good. What's coming up next for you? Because people are gonna to want to see you uh defending your championship. I know that you're gonna be doing some work with Hollywood Championship Wrestling out here in Los Angeles. So talk to us a little bit about those matches that you've got coming up.
2: Okay, so uh I have been the XRT champion for over 120 days now. Um, I won it back in February. I defeated Slay Thompson, Eli Everfly, and Douglas James in the Paper ladder Charism match. Um, then I finished my feud with Doug in April right after that in the two three Falls match. But uh, this, past, this past couple of weeks, I defended my title against Corey Jackson. And then right after my match, there was a triple threat match to determine the number one contendership, and it was Famous B versus Willie Mack versus Lil Cholo. AKA, you know, Mrs. Cisco from Lucha Underground. And Famous B won the match. And so, on July 22nd at FCW, I will be defending my XRT championship against my biggest opponent yet, Famous B. You know, and uh, he's also on Lucha Underground. He's been around. And he's a great athlete. He's a great fighter and stuff like that. And so, that's my biggest opponent coming up. And I have to defend my title against him at 722. And so, a lot of people are already saying it. You know, Famous B is going to beat me. And, you know... I'm not ready to be in the ring with him, so I guess I'm have to set everybody up on directly. Who is saying
0: that to you? Like, who are those people who are sending you those messages? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it, wrestling
1: fans, man. Cut my haters.
0: It's such a dick move to be like, people are saying, like, well, who are these people? Why the fuck are they such dicks?
1: Couple haters, couple haters, couple haters. haters. (laughs) Hey, why doesn't, let me ask you something. Uh, Why don't you think B-Boy, they look at him more as a character and not a worker on on the TV?
2: Wait,
1: what? Like, I've seen Famous B a lot on Lucha Underground, but he doesn't seem to wrestle. They they have him more as a character. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't know. Uh,
2: You'd have to ask Famous B.
1: I mean, you're gonna get in the yeah. ring with him if you guys talked about it. Yeah, I mean, it's just gonna be like some kind <laughs> get in <a> rest of rest <laughs> hold
0: and be like, "Yo, <laughs> <I> mean... <laughs> my boy Mike had a real big question I needed to ask you." I uh,
1: guess. That just fell. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, he he seems to do pretty good when he beat
2: Willie Mac in, in Cholo. So I mean, I mean, maybe uh, maybe he's trying to be the sleeper on Lucha underground and maybe he can't wrestle, and that's why he's walking around in a nice little suit. I just hope he doesn't wear a suit to the ring when we wrestle, because you know to stretch
0: that Armani stuff out, so. <laughs> it's like an extra gi, though, so, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh it's just exactly. more clothing I mean, to grab, you know that, what I mean? I
2: mean yeah, that works, that'll work in my favor, so.
0: That's what I'm saying. I was like, I, if I were you, dude, I'd use that. That's like old-school Gracie shit, dude. That's the whole reason why people oh, yeah. always look That's at Gracie with a man. Hair knuckles, knees mm-hmm. in the ring. People always ask, they're like, God. why do you guys wear geese? And a lot of it has to do with, you know, you want to simulate some kind of samurai warrior kind of stuff. But the actual truth of the more modern definition is people wear geese is because you would wear suits. So when you learn self-defense, people, you know, they were classy as fuck back then. They would wear suits every day to work. So and if you learn how to use a gi, yeah. you would choke a motherfucker with his own lapel.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. So, yeah. That's that's your, we you know, do the right. same concept because when we do it with the Marine martial law program people have their you know their their candies on mm-hmm. and we grab we grab their their little collars and stuff like that and we could we apply chokes with the collars too so
0: I know exactly what you're talking about that's what I'm saying is I'm not getting near you like I'm allowing you to have a safe amount of distance away from any time I am wearing any kind of suit jacket away from me just because i don't I don't know if I trust you but I think that's great man I think you've got some great. Uh, stuff coming up. Any other kind of big events that we've, we're missing here? I know you're talking... Uh, oh,
2: yeah. The like, Red Carpet Rumble.
0: Yeah. That, and Hollywood's what does that even event? mean? Red Carpet Rumble. What does that mean? Okay, so once a year, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood
2: has their big show. It's, you know, where they get 30 superstars, 30 wrestlers from all over, and they put them in a rumble. And, you know, the winner of the rumble gets a shot at any title they want, you know, just, just like how the WWE does their Royal Rumble. But it's at any time, stuff like that, they could just, you know, all right, I'm in a more contender for this title. And so there are going to be a lot of great matches that night, aside from the Rumble. You have uh, Alexander Hammerstone going against Bad Tito, Scorpio Sky is going to face Peter Avalon for the Heritage Championship. You have the Fatal 4-Way Tag Match, which is I'm in, and it's uh, Joe, uh, Jervis Cottonbelly and Hobos defending their championships against Classic Connection, against Pac-3, and against me and Gino. So we're in the fatal four-way for the Tag Team Championships. You have uh, Tyler Bateman who, Bateman defending his championship against James Morgan, and if James Morgan loses, he has to retire from wrestling. So there's a, a lot of big matches, you know, and, and it's a free event. It's free for the fans to come watch, where, you know, if you put us on the card and any other indie show, they're charging people to get to see that. And so championships from Hollywood is doing the Red Copper Rumble, it airs on TV It's the biggest show ever. They bring a whole bunch of stars in. You know, a couple years back, they had AJ Styles there. They've had, you know, great guys show up, pop up, get, uh, you know, guest surprises. And I know they're going to do a big dish here too. So it's going to be dope. It's on July 10th.
1: Yeah, I'm at PPA, Mark. PPA, everyone. It's good at what he does. He's fine.
2: Yeah. He's got his work cut off of him with Scorpio's pie.
0: Let me ask you this, Mike. Should we allow him to do the thing?
1: What thing? I'm kind of I have already think he's already done the thing, so Has I think it's gonna thing? be. Well, I think it's gonna be above and beyond what you're really what you're really asking him to do. I, are you ready to get dealt with? I mean, whoa,
0: what are we talking about? Are you ready?
1: I mean, are you ready to feel it? I don't. I think you might be know, out I mean, of I'm your just, league on this one. I don't, I mean, don't know. I you even thinking just, about I it feel right now?
0: Like, I, I, always, I feel like it's the polite thing to do as a guest. You know what I mean? Oh, like, man. you know, you you want to make sure they feel at home. You want to give them the opportunity to That's say when they want That's to. On, it's on you though. So, I mean, me? it's, okay.
1: It's, it's gonna, you're gonna feel it. <sighs>
0: I'm, yeah, I guess whatever. I don't know that I feel too worried about it. But let me ask this, okay? Sure. Let's go to our friend over here, uh, Danny. We do this thing where we allow people to cut a promo for one minute at my expense, and you know, I just. I thought as a, a polite host, we would give you the opportunity to do so if you'd like to do that.
2: Man, if somebody gives me a minute to go show my shit, I don't ever say no.
0: So. Okay, okay. Now, remember, here's the thing. If I don't like it, and it, like, like it means like, oh, hey, I don't like you talking about me. If I just don't like it, I have the ability to respond. But I'm going to go ahead and put okay. one minute on the clock. I'm pulling for you. But, it, you, you
2: know, know. how am I going to cut a promo on somebody I know nothing about? Like, who are you? What have you done
0: in life?
1: Have you not been listening to him with his whole...
0: <laughs> I guess the here uh, kind of thing that you want to know before you do this is, maybe you should remember you're on our show. so You want to be on this show, and you're on it. So, obviously, right. you had to know who I was to do that. I'm putting one okay. minute on the clock... One minute of the clock. Go to your heart's content in three, two, one, go.
2: Right, I'm from Brooklyn, home of the tough guy. where cats walk around with razor blades in their mouth and cats walk from time to time. You don't know me because it's okay. Cause at the end of the day, I'm going to do what boys from Brooklyn do best, that's fight, fight, scratch, claw, and do whatever it takes to pop your eye sockets out your face. Rod, right, I see you walking around. You got your little fancy podcast. You're all over Twitter. You're talking about everybody. You crack your little jokes. Well, how are you going to crack your jokes when I crack your jaw and you're eating from a straw for the rest of your life? You are nobody. You think because you dress up and you play wrestler and an octagon that you got what it takes to get in the ring with me, where I'm not like anybody else you ever had on this podcast. You have never been with somebody like me, because you know what? I got boxing behind my back. I got martial arts. I'm the best goddamn up-and-coming wrestler on the SoCal team. Matter of fact, on the West Coast team. Matter of fact, on the, all of the United States, I am the hottest rising star. I am Danny Limelight. And The social media guy. And you, Rod, I said some little podcast that had to go out his way to get the hottest thing on your show so you could feel relevant for about an hour. Mike, my, my Mike, I know you're back here. Mike, <laughs> wow. you're not safe from this I'm either. Sorry. You're <laughs> not safe
1: either. You and Rod
2: get in the ring. It can be two-on-one. You wow. can have a bear, a tiger, a lion, and a pet cat. All six of you can get in the ring with me, and I'm going to super take all six of you, lay you down, take each and every one of you, pick you up, Rod. I'm going to save you for last, Rod. I'm going to save you for last. Mm-hmm. You think you're a wide back. You think you're so smart. You think you got this all figured out, Rod. But the truth is you don't. You bit up more than you can shoot. And I'm going to tell you like my pops told me growing up. There's no world code in the streets of Brooklyn, New York. And you know what? If you can make it in Brooklyn, you can make it anywhere. So you name the time, place, and I will be there. Thanks, man. Man to man, mano y mano.
0: Here's the thing. Not only uh, have you gone over the time, which I told you, uh, but the important thing is you had the eloquence of a rhyme of LL Cool J, my friend. And here's the thing about that. This is what the fifth year anniversary of the CM Punk pipe bomb. Yeah, that was like the inverse of that. But I appreciate your efforts, and I do love the fact that you have a certain kind of style. It's not quite like Jay Z, where you can kind of speak off the top of your head. But you really you go for it and you gung ho, and I, I really appreciate it. I thought that was uh, that was a lot of fun. What do you think, Mike?
1: I thought it was really good. I thought you say Jay Z. I thought that was worth that Wu Tang right there. You felt that? I felt the little Wu. Did you feel Almost the like, Wu on that one? I felt okay. the Wu. That's Brooklyn Sub. Brooklyn you know what I mean? Guy. You can't. You can <laughs> take all the. You can take all the summer school. You need. Sure, you just get the Wu double CD. Let me. You know let me see
0: if I could get this right. Did you say you were going to super kick a lion?
1: My four. No, my four cats. You brought no. Oh, my one cats. cat. My mm. four. You're going to super cat. Super kick all my I cats. I said you can bring whoever
0: was, you want, Raj. It's rough, but hey, who's the host on this and who needs to know? No,
1: that? give it the grade. Give it the honest grade. Give it the honest give grade? The honest yeah. grade? You felt it. Yeah. And if you go, oh my goodness.
0: Here's the thing I, I liked it. I love that he had to go into a different voice for it. I think that was the, the important part. So if I were giving a grade here, I'd say that was like a, that was like a six.
1: What? Which means, which that was like means a an six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that means an eight. You know that means an eight.
0: No, that's, a, that's about a six. I mean, you went over time, which would disqualify you in most game shows. And if you went over time on USA, you'd be gone the next week. So, you know, time allotment. Uh, but okay. at the same point, the aggressiveness was You know there. what you could know do, Rob? You What's can take the mean? time that Doug didn't use and add it to my time. <laughs> and I'll be good. Yeah, thanks for the suggestion. I'll let you know how that works for the producers of the dubs when you go and you're like, I'm just oh going to tell you how this god. goes. Oh my god, no, no, stop. Oh, stop. I love that you've now turned into you You guys. Come on. Sounds like he knows you, you man.
1: He said he didn't know you hit that on point. Yeah, you know him. That's good.
0: <laughs> well, listen here. Um, obviously, Danny, that was a lot of fun. I appreciate you doing that. I think that, you know, you, you do have a good style. Uh, obviously, you came into our, our world because of Doug, and I thought you guys had a great match together. I've also seen all of your other matches with him. But uh, yeah, it's I felt like that two out of three one was a nice culmination of what you guys were putting together. And uh, hopefully that's uh, a continuation of what you've been doing and what we will see from you in the future. But obviously, so we're very happy to see that good things are happening to you. I love the fact that you get to go around and uh, do great things for the kids at the Children's Hospital. Um, I wish you more success in there. And, uh, you know, man. Uh, if we can ever help you out, don't be afraid to let us know. But let's get one more plug. Where can people find you? Where can they book you? All that good stuff.
2: Okay, so you can find me at Twitter, at Danny Limelight. On Instagram, at Danny underscore Limelight. com backslash Danny Limelight. Facebook.com backslash Danny Limelight. Uh, I'm not hard to find. You know, for bookings, you can contact me at DannyLimelight at com. And I just want to take a second, man, to, to thank you for having me on this the show. Um, I want to thank everybody else that's been giving me an opportunity on this scene. I want to thank Gus from FCW. I want to thank David Marquez at Championship Us from Hollywood. You know, I want to thank the AWF promoters, SoCal Pro, for you know, giving me a school to training and and getting me into this business. Um, And I want to just thank everyone else that I'm going to be wrestling yet soon. And so I hope this really pays off. You know, I'm putting in all into it. I'm glad people are noticing. And can 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 I plug five wrestlers I want to wrestle? Yeah. Okay. I want to wrestle Scorpio Sky. I want to wrestle Peter Avalon. I want to wrestle Cholo, I want to wrestle Paul London, and I want to wrestle Big Duke.
0: That's some good stuff. I mean, I didn't know we were making a wish uh, happen at the very end hey, of I'm this. making a wish,
2: because you know what? If, <laughs> Amazon. If, if, if this podcast is as good as you hype it up to be, i know somebody's listening,
0: baby. Absolutely, man. That's what we're going to do. It's all beneficial here. We want to make sure that this goes out. You know, here's the nice part about it is, the worst thing that could happen is, those matches happen, and then they're spectacular. Like, we're not going to turn down an opportunity to see any of those matches, man. Thank you.
2: Man, well, you guys should come out to the FCW show, guys. Or i Red Cop for Rumble. Come out and vote for them. I'll uh, tell you what. What's up? If, I, if I come to the FCW show on the 22nd of July, I'll pay for your ticket.
0: Oh, uh, that's not necessary. Nah, I'm I know do how that. much guys, independent wrestlers You guys got me make? in the podcast.
2: So you do that, and you know what? i get your ticket at the door. For uh, FCW. And then you got to see me live. You can see all the other great stars live. You know, you got B-Boy and Cholo against Pentagon and Phoenix. You know, huge matches on that card. You come out there, I guess you win for free on me. And,
0: you know, we'll go from there.
1: Come on, Raph. Sierra C- Armando. C- 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 come on, let's go.
0: <laughs> let's do this. I'll tell you this right now. If I'm not there, I'm going to be at another one of your matches very soon. So I'll talk okay. to you off air. We'll make something happen, dude, because uh, we'd love to support and endorse. And I appreciate you you ponying up uh, to put that out there to yeah, go ahead and take nice. care of us. That's super nice and yeah, totally not necessary. But uh, it just goes to show the kind of good guy you are. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are not following him, do so immediately. You want to make friends with our friend, Danny Limelight Rivera. We can't thank you enough for coming through today, man. We look forward to seeing big and better things for you, buddy. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. All right. That's going to do it for us here at Heel Section. This has been Rafa Sparza. Thank you guys for talking with us and listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Peace, group,